Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery with the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, baby. by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alrighty, welcome back to the program. It is Unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Scott Mitchell here with uh, Jeremiah Jensen from KSL TV. Uh, Jeremiah is a regular host and guest on our show, so happy to have him today. Uh, Men Remedical is Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic offering ED treatments uh, that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized for your needs. Remedical, renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. Uh, fun, fun guest on our show. Always love having Ben Anderson. He's a, a jazz insider for KSL Sports. Uh, he's also a host of uh, Jake and Ben from 10 to noon here on the KSL Sports Zone. He's the Ben part. He's not the Jake part. So, uh, Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. I mean, with the jazz and everything, we were talking in the first segment about Will Hardy and he, he kind of... Uh, you know, Greg Popovich t- talked about how he's ridiculously intelligent. What a, what a great, uh, I guess, uh, kudo from your mentor. But uh, what has Will Hardy done that's been super impressive to you? Uh, you know, I, I think the fact that he's come in and kind of been able to do a couple of things, which is difficult. He's balanced the ability, I think, to both create. It feels like a healthy environment around the team. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of you know, high stress in what could be a difficult season because, you know, there's a lot of guys who are competing for their jobs. There have been huge, significant uh, significant trades uh, that have gone down even before Will really kind of got here with the Jazz. I mean, that Rudy Gobert deal was being worked on before uh, Will was announced as the head coach. I know it happened a couple of days after he was officially hired, but clearly those those wheels had been in motion. And he's found a way to glue that together so that, there's a positive outlook within the environment, and then he's really developed guys. He's, you know, he's he's found out 
what the strengths are on the roster and, and has guys playing at the best levels of their career. And that includes Larry Markinen, who obviously is having the best season of his career and is maybe the favorite to win most improved player of the, uh, of the year after going to his first all-star game. And Jordan Clarkson's averaging over 20 points for the first time in his career. And the rookies seem to be playing very well under his tutelage and have developed nicely. So those are all, you know, strengths. And, and some coaches are good at one of those things or, you know, two of those things. But he's kind of checked all the boxes so far, and that's that's very impressive for a guy who's doing this in his, his first season. You know, Ben, to build on that, I look at this Jazz team, and there's been so much change and disruption. You know, the guys moved to the trade deadline, and, and they've – I talked to the guys. They, they've heard the outside chatter about tanking and all this stuff, and, and honestly, that's pretty disrespectful to the current team if you think about it. But they've handled all this stuff in stride. Who's been the glue? Why has this team been able to handle all these things – that could some honestly rip apart some teams or cause them to have bad attitudes or whatever. Is it Will Hardy or is it somebody in the locker room? What has been the glue this year that has held all this together? I do think Will Hardy's the leader. I, I mean, I do think that's where this comes from. And the fact that I think he's willing to kind of admit when he doesn't know certain things and doesn't know what to expect and talks about how imperfect of a game basketball is. And I think along those ways, uh, it allows you to play pretty carefree. And when you're playing carefree, you know, you don't have to worry about if you make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. You kind of take advantage of whatever cards are laid out in front of you. And, you know, with 20 games left, it's not crazy to think the Jazz could go 10 and 10. I think that might be a little bit on the high end of the expectations, considering how many road games they have and then the difficulty of opponent. But, yeah, I think because they done they didn't set crazy expectations one way or another, and Will Hardy's been able to kind of, play it week by week, game by game, even as cliche as that sounds, uh, he's put them in a spot to, to be competitive and, and still have a chance to make the playoffs. And the fact that he's not coaching for his job, you know, the, the, the fact that there's upsides to both making the playoffs or getting a better lottery pick, that I think it's allowed the Jazz to stay pretty consistent. And he doesn't seem to be, you know, angling for one or the other necessarily, other than he just wants the team to play hard. And that's what he said from day one. He said he wanted this, quote, Team 49 to, to have a feel and, you know, put together a product that they're proud of. And I think they've really, really hit that this year. Yeah, they've been so consistent. They're imperfectly perfect, as as he put it. Uh, Chris Dunn, <laughs> uh, how surprising is that? What, what What is his status? Does he stay? Does he go? Uh, what, what, does he, what does he mean to the Jazz right now? Yeah, I, I think it's impressive, and it's an, obviously a very small sample size. And if we were to just go back and look at you know the Wednesday game before the Jazz went into the All Star break, uh, you saw how good Juan Toscano Anderson looked, and Damian Jones looked fantastic, and you thought, okay, those are two good pieces. And then Damian Jones didn't play in the last game, and Juan Toscano Anderson got you know a handful of minutes off the bench and never followed up on that first performance. Now he'll be in the rotation again, and those guys will get opportunities. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, you might look good for a game or two and it might not really mean a whole lot. But Chris Dunn in his first two games has scored 26 total points. He almost had a triple-double the other night. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that Will Hardy played him in the first quarter. I mean, there was no hesitancy to get him on the floor. And some of that's out of need because Colin Sexton's still out of the rotation. But doing the things he does are the types of, of you know, skills, I think, and the type of attitude the Jazz want to have on a roster as long as he's a high-character player, and I've never heard anything other than that, but he's a very strong defensive player. He's clearly developed his offensive game since he's been in the G League. Uh, he's kind of a natural point guard a little bit more than some of the other guys on this roster, like Colin Sexton or like Jordan Clarkson or even Taylor Horton Tucker, who's filled into that role sometimes. So I think 
there's a need there. Uh, he's a little bit older, but he still fits into the Jazz timeline. You know, he's, he's still in his mid twenties, so that helps him. And yeah, I think he'll probably sign another ten day contract because the Jazz need to have their roster up to thirteen and fourteen players. They've only got twelve guaranteed players under contract right now. So I think he signs another ten day deal later this week. I guess it would be, and then. At the end of that, if the Jazz like him, I wouldn't – if he continues to play well, certainly I wouldn't rule out, you know, signing him for the rest of the season and then maybe even doing an option where, you know, you sign him for two years and you say, well, this year's guaranteed the rest of this season. And then next year's a team option and you're going to be a part of training camp. And if you're still healthy and things are moving well, you'd love, we'd love to have you as a part of the team because, you know, what he showed last night, or I guess I should say Saturday night, uh, are the types of things that the Jazz are going to need going forward. They're going to need a good backup point guard and they're going to need a guy who could probably start games in a pinch – and they're going to need a guy who plays defense on the perimeter because you know, we see we saw how desperately poorly they missed that over the last couple of years. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You sound like Coach Shula. The the first time I played an NFL game, I played one play. I was so excited. I was on the team bus. I was smiling from ear to ear. And he said, relax, kid. It's only one play. It's like <laughs> it's like the sample size you talk about is like that's that's a harsh reality I guess but uh, well I'm going to start calling you Coach Shula Ben with his you harsh know, realities of he was, a, he was peddling a steakhouse so I met him one time <laughs> yeah. actually so he was you okay I have that in common he was okay yeah yeah Quinn Snyder doesn't have a steakhouse but he's got a new job no in kidding. Atlanta that's my segue into Quinn Snyder Ben I wanted to get your reaction first of all. Uh, to him becoming the new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. And also, I wanted, you know, at the same time, I'd like to get your reaction to the Jazz not asking for any compensation, which they could have done. Yeah, I think I'll address the first part or the second part first. Uh, You know, I think sometimes you just want to take care of your guys. You know, I think sometimes you just want to make sure you have a good reputation around the NBA and they know Atlanta well. You know, Kyle Korver is a long time, you know, has had several stops with the Jazz and now he's an assistant GM there. You just you want to have certain good relationships, and and you know probably doesn't hurt Danny Ainge to have good relationships around the NBA still. And look, they were in talks on you know a John Collins trade yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'm sure as you continue to revisit that this summer potentially, you know why make an enemy for a second round pick? Which honestly you could recoup in a John Collins trade if you did that this offseason just by saying, hey, remember how we didn't charge anything for Quinn Snyder? Let's let's make good on that or something like that. You know, there's 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 not so much value in the pick they would have gotten that it was probably worth stiff arming or or making it difficult for anyone. As for Quinn Snyder, uh, you know, it was interesting. I I just watched some of his press conference because he just got announced today by the Hawks officially and he's going to be on the sidelines tomorrow, which is a crazy turnaround. He just 
he just wants to be a part of basketball again, and he kind of admitted that. He said it would have been really hard to, after Kyle Korver called him and asked him what his interest would be in the job, he realized immediately he wanted to be a part of it. He had some good conversations with their front office, including you know, Landry Fields, who's a former NBA player, and it sounds like they're willing to give Quinn Snyder a lot of say, uh, which I think he wanted to have with the Jazz as well, and, and is the type of situation he wants to find himself on when it comes to player movement and, and front office decisions. So I think that match, they gave him a five-year deal, probably 40 or 50 million bucks. So I think that was obviously intriguing. And they're a team that is probably close enough to make the playoffs that he doesn't have to go through two or three years of a rebuild before they have something. So I, I, I get it. I think there maybe could have been better jobs this offseason if you wanted to wait, but also there's no guarantee. Maybe there aren't. Uh, and this is not a bad option for him in a town he's familiar with, having been an assistant coach there before. I think it's a perfect fit for him. I think the bar is low in Atlanta, to be quite honest. I think they haven't accomplished much there, and I think Quinn is a home run hire for them. And I think it's a good fit for Quinn. I, I think he can go in there and win immediately. He, he's 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 got the respect, I think, in the league as a head coach, and I think that they're going to have to respect him in that locker room immediately. I think you're going to see immediate results. You've already saw the team play differently after McMillan was fired. So I think Quinn just going to help that, and the Hawks are going to be a playoff team this year. And we'll yeah, see how and, you, and you have a front office you have a, a relationship with, too. So yeah, that, that helps. That helps a lot. Um, can anyone watch the Jazz? I guess AT&T Sportsnet is going under, uh, I believe, the end of March. Do you, are you familiar with that? And uh, how the heck are we going to watch the Jazz if they're not on national television? Yeah, I am actually working on a story on that right now, and I should have a little bit more information on what the Jazz plans are, hopefully in the next hour. So keep an eye on that at kslsports.com. Yeah, end of March, uh, AT&T Sports is going belly up and will not carry games anymore. So the Jazz and the other teams uh, that are carried by AT&T Sports have to reach an agreement to you know figure out how to distribute those games because AT&T Sports is going to go belly up. I mean, they just don't really have anywhere to go. So Adam Silver actually addressed this with Bally Sports, uh, which is the other major regional sports network in the country, during All-Star Weekend. And he kind of said the NBA is going to find a way to step in and either have the cable companies distribute them directly without having a channel. Uh, you know, they'll find a channel to put them on, but they won't just go through AT&T Sports. Or they have different ways to do it digitally, which would my guess would be, you know, they make NBA League Pass free for everyone across the country, maybe for the last week of the season or whatever that is. Because it really is only five to seven games for most teams uh and then you can carry those games in the first round of the playoffs as well but also those are all carried nationally so if the jazz were to make the playoffs i'm not sure that's likely but even if they were uh, it sounds like you're going to be able to watch these last seven games but i don't know exactly what that would look like at this point but adam silver was already preparing to do it with bally sports and i would imagine if it works for bally it would also work for at&t sportsnet so i wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being you know kind of a digital stream that as long as you have the NBA app on your phone, you may not even have to pay for it or, or on your TV or smart TV or Roku device or whatever, you'll probably be able to find the games. It's insane sure, that, to me. Do that earlier. <laughs> insane to me that we've reached this point where yeah. you can't get NBA games on a regional sports network. I mean, everything's changing. I get that. And I think it's for the better. But to have this situation pop up in the, at the end of a season, the NBA is a, is a major professional sports league. I, it just blows my mind that this is able to happen, and I'm also very fascinated to see what the future is, Ben. I, it's wide open. It's going to be crazy to see how it develops and how people consume NBA games moving forward, but I don't know. This is, this is not a great look for the league to be in this situation. Yeah, it's kind of a funny situation because, you know, and we talk about it so much with the Pac-12 network and what they're trying to figure out with their distribution rights, et cetera. Yeah. 
And we say like, oh, you don't want to be the first you know, company that goes to all digital streaming. But the truth is the reason we're in this mess uh, and these, these leagues are is because digital played such a huge role. I yeah. mean, it's just we don't consume games the same way we did even, you know, in 2009 when the Jazz signed this deal. I mean, it's totally different. So, yeah, all these companies signed these teams thinking, well, you know, everyone needs cable TV or satellite or whatever to watch these games. So the, this entity, the, this space is worth so much money. And then so many people started going away from traditional cable networks that it's not worth that much anymore. And the NBA is telling teams to prepare for maybe a 70% cut and what those digital or what those broadcast rights are worth Oof, wow. locally for their regional sports networks, which is a huge drop. You know, and that goes from whatever $30 million a year or $25 million down to, you know, you do the math, $8 million, $7 million. So that's a huge drop. I do think they make it up with the big national TV deal. They're going to get in the next couple of seasons with new CBA that's coming out. This yeah. money is not going to be lost. You know, it's not like they're going to be the hurting and the, the NBA salary cap's going to drop. It's going to do the opposite. But yeah, it's a major shift, and it's a shift because digital streaming is is such a, a huge thing that people are doing and finding ways to watch games that way. He's Ben Anderson. He is the Jazz Insider at KSLSports.com. Check him out there along with his. Uh, show on uh, the KSL Sports Zone from ten to noon weekdays. Thanks for joining in. Appreciate all you, all your insight, Ben. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yep. Thanks, Ben. All right, let's take a little break here. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, I guess he wanted the bathroom. He needed the hall pass. He's got to go to the I, bathroom. I did. No, I just I just made it up. Just go with it, <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> Don't be so literal. Why are we uh, discussing my bathroom breaks on, anyways, the, on, on the radio? Yeah, JJ's got to go, so we're going to go for a minute. <laughs> Scott we'll be, says I got to go. We'll be right back. Hey, Weekend Warriors, when we uh, come back, it is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.